and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. And welcome back. Uh, we are recording uh, season five, episode five today. It's good to be back uh, with Ron in the studio. Today, we have the intention of discussing the family table, um, culture, gratitude, and communion. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. Ron. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you were gone. I, I had Noah. Um, it was kind of fun to have him back. And I thought, maybe I can get two in there with Noah. And then I thought, you know what? This topic sounds like. Allison would love to be here. Yeah. So this is a big part of my life. It is a big, <laughs> large percentage of my time is yeah, spent yeah. When thinking you have, about this, when you have a, a big family, it's uh, you're spending a lot of time with at the table. Yes. Or or at least preparing both. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is our thesis, ladies and gentlemen, is that the the family table is the center of culture. Yes. It, it's what drives our culture, and and we can complain as much as we want about the the downfall of our civilization or how bad culture has gotten. And we can, we can make up a lot of excuses about why that is public schools or internet, TV, telephone, you know, phones, what, whatever it might be. And, and I think that the, the biggest thing that has changed is that we don't spend time as families around the dinner table mm-hmm. in a way that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, you know, you, if you got kids, you know, it's busy, your life gets busy. Um, especially if both husband and wife work, you, you know, you got soccer games and basketball games and, you know, all these different activities that we spend. And, um, and so, you know, half the time it seems that parents are, are grabbing fast food for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when there is a time an evening, right, let's just grab pizza and watch the movie or something. And, and there's nothing wrong with eating pizza and watching a movie. It's a fun thing to do with your kids. But the idea is, is that we're, we're losing something huge. And, and it's sitting around the dinner, dinner table. Um, and, and this is a, um, modeled after um, what we did on Sunday in mm-hmm. the, in the, at the Lord's table. Yeah. So, so maybe I should say that. The Lord's Supper is the center of our culture. Yes, and and that um, and that is ex- extended into the world by the family dinner table. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll use that. That's that's a better way of, of saying it. Yeah, like the family table is a is a physical manifestation and representation of the Lord's table. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and it and so it's it's being it's being carried out. What we've done at the Lord's table is now being executed in world yes um in normal everyday life yeah in real time in real time and we're training our kids this is how we this is how to live this Mm -hmm. is what we this is what we do Mm -hmm. um this especially this idea of gratitude and communion Mm -hmm. with one another so so i thought we we'd kind of we kind of go through this um like what are we talking about you know and there's there's different stages i i kind of put on our notes and you know we might stray from it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. that's right. How? What a what a thought that <laughs> Ron Young might go off script. Okay, <laughs> but um, yeah. So so thinking about pre- the preparation of the meal, the response to that preparation, the meal itself, um, cleaning up, and then I, they have some other th- thoughts about that, and um, and and then different parts to that. Okay, so what are you doing during the, the meal itself? And mm-hmm. 
and, and how this, this forms our children and forms our family and forms a culture. And when the family, the culture of the family, um, is, is really, um, formed set that, that, that we and our children, as we go out in the world are, are influencing the culture in the same way. Uh-huh. So, so let's just talk about preparation. So Allison, I, I, I think you, you're, you spend a little time in the kitchen. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah tell me, how do you, how do you go about pre- preparing for a meal? Like yeah. when do you think about it and all that good kind of stuff? Yeah. I think about it a lot. Uh, and so, you know, we're eating three times a day yep. and we're eating every day. So I have to be thinking about the whole week at once yep. at some point. And then I have to think about, you know, each, uh, each meal per day and also, uh, you know, breakfast in general, lunches in general for the week, dinner yep. in general. I don't know. Um, so I'm thinking about it a lot. That's yes. the takeaway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and the more you plan. Yep. And carefully, the the easier it it becomes. Yes. Right. So, um, you know, I, you know, my wife will say, "Okay, what do you what do you want for dinner this week?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh shoot, I like everything." You know, right? Um, and I'll be honest with you. One is my wife makes amazing pizza, and I love pizza. Mm-hmm. So it's this homemade pizza. It's just her crust is really good, and you know, it's just it's just awesome. And I think my wife gets tired of us saying. The kids and I saying, we want tacos, we want pizza, right? These are mm-hmm. two staples, but I, I just, I love, I could eat that all the time. Mm-hmm. And when I say tacos, I'm not talking about just, I don't know, Taco Bell or something like that. Um, we make good tacos. Sometimes my wife makes great fish tacos and, you know, kind of yeah. artisan stuff or, you know, you, but even if it's just hamburger and, you know, or, you know, ground beef and and all the other toppings and, and such, it's a, it's a good I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a good meal. Mm-hmm. Quick story about this. Here we go. My first tr- trail. <laughs> so my, my, my mom and dad met in um, college out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Right before my dad went to seminary, they, they met and they're, they started when they started dating. Um, t- tacos were something that you only could find in in Mexican communities in Southern California. Okay. Right. There was no such thing as Taco Bell. There was no. Yeah. We've come could, a long ways. Yeah. You, we've That's come great. a long way. Yeah. yeah. So I, we have friends who lived in Philadelphia in the 1990s and couldn't find uh, ingredients for tacos in Philadelphia. Wow. Like, that, how things have changed. Yeah. Right? But, um, but they started having tacos every Saturday and they did that like their whole marriage. Like we, That's sweet. we went, um, so growing up every Saturday, my mom made tacos every Saturday and I looked forward to it. And mm-hmm. the, the, and all of a sudden at one point they were in, um, Redding, California, they moved up there and I'd never lived there, but they moved up there and, um, uh, my wife and I, and my kids, we came up to visit and it's, it's Saturday night. And all of a sudden we, we have this meal and it's not tacos. And I was, <laughs> I was genuinely upset. Okay. I just getting off there. So, so anyway, good. So one is, I mean, your kids are going to remember this stuff. Yes. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's formative. It's formative. We, this is what we did, you know, yeah. we, we, you know, my, my dad cut the lettuce, my, you know, and the tomatoes and mm-hmm. we just, it was just part of a ritual too. So, so first of all, just planning is, is an important thing. And, and this is an important thing too, because in, in, in all of life, um, it, life just doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. And then the better prepared you are, the bit more, the better you are at planning, um, the better your life is going to go. Yes. And and so I think some some of this is is including the the family in the planning. You know, kids, what do you what do you want to eat? Yes. Okay. Why don't you go? Okay, we want you want to have tacos on this night. Um, make a list of the ingredients we need to buy. Right. So they're, 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 they have skin in the game. They're, they're part of the planning and the preparation. They're getting an understanding. Like if you want something good, you gotta, you gotta plan for it before you go to the grocery store. Yes. Right. Yes. And even taking kids to the grocery store is a fun, fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally hate it, but, um, 
But I, I guess it's good for other people to take kids to the grocery store. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I hate it too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, my When I go to the grocery store, it's funny because um, I'll either, my wife will either send me to um, a store where she could tell me exactly where each item is. Yes. You're going to go up this row and it's going to be on the left side on this. You're right. Yes. Or she sends my daughter, Abby, with me because she knows where everything is. Yeah. And so it'll, it'll just be, dad will be a little less frustrated if we just, more efficient. It, it's just yes. more efficient. Yeah, yeah. When Paul goes to the store, <laughs> I get about, I don't know, 10 to 15 phone calls. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. But I love it. It's because he wants to be helpful yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. So there's the, pl- the there's the planning of it and you, you kind of know what you're going to eat. And this, the, and the great thing is this, if, if you're really looking at planning in the, the full week, you can go, okay, look. Our kids have all these events. The only two nights that we're going to be able to all eat together. Right. You know, or Tuesday and Thursday or something like that. Um, and what you could do then is you could go, okay, we want to make those two nights special. Special. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna plan on a meal that we can sit down and commune with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So th- this this because so the calendar <laughs> and that that pr- planning is just a is, is an important part of of it. And, and then again, kids understand like there is, um, there's a book that uh, that, uh, the Palatine Institute is reprinting Mm -hmm. called an offering of uncles. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic book by, um, Robert Farr Capon. Everyone knows Capon for, um, the wedding supper of the lamb. Yeah. But, um, this, this book an offering of uncles was very impactful to me personally. Mm -hmm. And to another one of our board members, um, and our and one of that board member Jack, he paid for us to start reprinting these books, and so we're going to have uh, a, a whole season kind of discussing this book. Um, but I th- I think it's going to be um, at at this. I don't know how it's going to work out, but we want to have some way you can subscribe, and we can you can we can send you a book, copy yeah. of it, yeah, that that type of thing, so you can join us. But he talks about the the difference between uh, Kronos and Kairos, two Greek words that have to do with time. Kronos is like, you know, it's 12 o'clock. Kairos is it's lunchtime, mm. right? When is it lunchtime? Well, when I'm hungry and mm-hmm. it's kind of in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. right? It could be, it could be 1237 and I'd walk in, I'm hungry and that's when I'm going to have lunch, right? And then there's Kronos, which is like, you know, it's noon, so I got to get home and eat. Mm-hmm. So the the idea in this this idea is um when we use our calendar and we're looking and we go oh tuesday thursday we have nothing going on and we're going to make those meals special this is going to be we're going to experience um kairos it's the it's the right time it's the time that we're going to ca- not care about the chronos mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so we can linger at our meal we're not in a hurry and and what we have to do then in order to do such things is prepare our family, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, kids, by the way, you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be here on Tuesday night and Thursday night, and we're going to have a meal and, and don't plan on something after and don't ask mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't ask. Um, and so there's that, that's part of the preparation too. If we want something to be special, we want it to be something that's good. We're, you've got to make it happen. Yes. Um, it's this, this Kairos uh, aspect of it. Um, and then how do you like preparation of the food? Do you enjoy that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, a, I don't know, in different seasons of my life, it has looked differently, Yeah. you know? Um, right now it looks like it's spread throughout the day and the week trying yeah. to just maximize time and yeah, be smart about being ready. Yeah. My, my wife is very good at it. I, I sometimes am able to help um, <laughs> as best I can uh, with some instructions. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you get, or do you get instructions I when do. you help? Yeah, that's- I do. I don't, you know, I want to know what, what, what she, her, she has the vision mm-hmm. for the food. Um, I, I have the appetite for the food. Yeah. Uh, so I want to be as helpful as possible. Yeah. You know, the sooner I can eat, the better. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I will get instructions. And one of the things that's been great is that we've had um, all our children have been taught to cook. Mm-hmm. 
And um, part of it goes with just um, including them in things like preparation and grocery shopping and, um, you know, how to, how to cook things. We, we had a, um, each of our kids, our boys, the boys and the girls have learned um, basic cooking skills by, by my wife. Yeah. So they're not going to starve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I love is, is that um, uh, my, my oldest son, Nate, Nate lo- just seems to love to cook. He, he's okay. interested in the, you know, the whole process. And, and uh, my daughter, Ellie, you know, she'll like the other day she called and why? Cause she bought a spiral ham and want to know how to cook it. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that the instructions are behind the label. Yes. You have to pull. I have had this experience as a young, young woman. (laughs) So (laughs) I called my mom a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. (laughs) So it's, it's the, um, so seeing my, my grown kids, um, functioning well in the kitchen and enjoying the process and, and things like that. I, I do. And just so you all know, I do cook from time to time. I'm really good with eggs, French toast. (laughs) Right. And, yeah. You know, top ramen, you know, there's certain things. And maybe do you grill? Oh yeah. I love to grill. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my, my thing. I love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about fire and meat. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. And as the female in my home, like I love when we grill because it's, it's genuinely like a joined effort. Yeah. And that makes the enjoyment of the meal more fun. Yeah. So, so here's part of it too, is that if, if we get our kids into the preparation of the meal too, they realize that there's a lot of time going on in the preparation of the food that we're going to eat. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, there's a sense of sacrifice in any meal. So not, not just the idea of, you know, this animal gave its life for, for us so that we can eat, which is a good thing to remember. Yep. But also the preparation of it is a sacrifice of time and effort. Yes. So, so we're, um, I'm saying we mostly my wife, but there's a sacrificial aspect of this that demonstrates love for the family Mm -hmm. in it. And when the kids can participate it and see it, they're going to tend to have a greater appreciation for what, you know, mom does in the kitchen or what, you know, or I don't know, dad at the grill. I don't know if they think that, but yeah, but there's, there's a sense of time. I, you could be doing something else. Right. And generally, I mean, I feel like, like in our home, we talk about, well, mom spent the time cooking the food, but dad worked to earn the money to buy the food. So it is a joined effort in every meal. It's just that we have different roles to play in the preparation. Yeah. Excellent. And then there's the presentation of food. And this is something that we often, um, I, I, and and it's going to, it's going to be vastly different. So at, at some point you're making a decision whether is this meal going to be more formal? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be informal? Is it going to be very casual? Mm-hmm. Right. And so part of that's going to be the presentation of it. There's going to be a casual thing. Like I mentioned, you know, pizza in the, in a movie, right. That's not, again, not a bad thing. Don't do it all the time, but uh, making a special thing. Well, if it's going to be a special thing, then you can present it in a way that's special. Yes. Right. Just mm-hmm. different dishes or different, you know, cups or, you know, just yep. th- things like that and flowers on the table flowers on the table if table it's more cloth. formal yep. yeah yeah those types of things absolutely and and this is these are things that um kids like to do also mm-hmm. you know to set the table we make our kids well actually to be honest with you i set the table now because i used to have kids around it yeah and you had more kids <laughs> right but on on mm-hmm. uh on occasions when we're going to have a uh more formal meal especially if we're going to have guests or something our um, Abby, who's our last child with us, um, she'll often do the setting of the table mm-hmm. and she loves to make flower arrangements and candles and things to make it look special. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, you, okay, you don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know if we get this much that, but that presentation affects the way we all behave. Yes. Right? This is beauty really matters. Beauty really matters. Yeah. And if when we see a beautiful set table, we don't act like idiots. Right. We, we don't act like a slob. It, my, my, my boys are less likely to be slouching in their chairs. Mm-hmm. They're going to be sitting upright. Yes. And it, and it just without being asked. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so the presentation is an important thing. Mm-hmm. We, so what, what 
what's happening is we're training our family. We're training our children how to act um, in such the presence of beauty and um, sacrifice and presentation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so there, you know, and this, this kind of comes to, um, you know, response, right? So with, with all this, with all this thing, we, we, there's some responses. First is anticipation, right? I, <laughs> I'm an, I'm an expert in anticipation of food. <laughs> I, I, I smell food. Okay. This is going to sound really horrible. Um, but when I know what I were going to eat for dinner, I think about it a lot. It sounds like I, I'm, if you haven't seen me in person, I look like someone who can eat well. <laughs> That's a good thing. It is. I'm an Food expert at it. Food is a gift from God. Yes, it is. I love it. Yeah. And, and so, so there'll be occasions where if the menu changes last minute or during the day, cause some, some thing has come up, right. Yeah. And that happens. Um, if I come home, I'm Gee. like, I'm like disappointed because I've been preparing in this anticipation to eat this meal. Yeah. And then, um, and then it takes me a while to kind of shift gears, shift gears. So my wife has learned to call me at work to let me know, Hey, by the way, we're not having this tonight. We're having this. <laughs> so you have more time. And it gives me to time shift. to anticipate, but, but you know, and this, you know, the smells and the, um, yeah, just, hey, you know what I think that good. demonstrates, I feel like that speaks volumes to Wendy's, um, giftings in yes. the way that she has prepared meals and oh, yeah. created a culture in your house. Oh yeah. That's really awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she, um, yeah, I, I, I teach a leadership class at, um, Providence yeah. Academy called leadership in the home. And we talk about this. And so we had talked about reasons for getting married mm-hmm. right? and, and, you know, going through and we're, since the kids have all read pride and prejudice, we go through the different characters and why they got married and, what are, you know, in, in the, in modern day America, the only reason people think of to get married is romantic love. Mm. Right. Yeah. But that's like, that's a new idea. Like that's from yesterday. Yeah. Like it's, there's other reasons and, and things. The, the whole idea is, is that we vow to love the other person. Right. But then we, which ended up getting us talking about, you know, relationships and what attracts people and stuff. And, and I just, I just stated to them that that saying, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, mm. is very true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's ever not been true. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that my wife really liked to, well, when in college, she liked to bake. Mm-hmm. She was always making stuff in the kitchen. Man, that's hard to resist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Hmm. I'd like to spend the rest of my life with that woman. Yeah. I'd like to eat that way all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it was, it's a, but it's, it's, um, it's true. There's a, there's a culture. My, um, we, we went from, I, I think, um, so Wendy and I got married in, in the early nineties, very early nineties. And, um, we had this transformation Partly because we went to seminary where we decided we couldn't, when we were first working, both of us working full time, I can't tell you how many times we go to fast food mm-hmm. and then, um, or, or because of our work schedule, I'm just grilling chicken. We're having chicken and rice, which is good. It's a fine meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we went to seminary and we had like no money living on a shoestring, um, we got this Mennonite cookbook, you know, how to cook more for less or something like that mm. cookbook. We're a great cookbook. Um, but it expanded both of ours, um, f- food, um, list, right. Mm-hmm. I'd never had lentils before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm eating lentils. I still, to this day, love lentil stew. It's I just do so good. Too. It's so good. Is it? It's very underrated. It actually. is. Yes. It is underrated. I love it. Um, so th- there's all this variety of food and then it just got us thinking more and more about food and we don't want to eat processed stuff. We want to, mm-hmm. right. So Wendy makes, you know, we do buy bread, but for the most part, Wendy makes her own bread. She, mm-hmm. you know, she, we, we have a garden. We've been composting since forever. Um, you know, we eat really good stuff mm-hmm. and that's just, that's all part of it. 
And I'll tell you, when when kids grow their own vegetables, guess what? They'll eat they, them. They eat vegetables. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So the response, anticipation, and then the other is, is just coming to the table ready. Teaching our kids, when you're going to come to the table, you need to dress appropriately. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't, you know, don't. And, and again, the more formal the occasion, you might want to go, hey, go put on a, go put on a collared shirt. Mm-hmm. Go put on, you know, the get ready for a, a good meal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, if you're in, in a gym shorts and a t-shirt and eating this beautifully set thing, it just seems out of place. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so teaching them the appropriateness of dress for the occasion, just through a family meal mm-hmm. does, does wonders. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I still envy um, sometimes going South, right. We live up here in green Bay, Wisconsin and in the North. And, uh, you know, you go to a normal college campus and almost everyone's in, you know, some sort of, um, what are those tight things that. Oh, like leggings, leggings. like they're wearing athleisure. They're like, yes. like they're going to go work out. Yeah. They're wearing in the loungewear. Like, guys are wearing sweats and all this. Um, when I took my son down to, to Lipscomb university in Nashville, I was just shocked at how different the mm. students look. Like they were, they looked like they were, um, they wanted to look good yeah. <laughs> and they were prepared to go to class as if I'm dressed appropriate for appropriately for class Yes. rather than just, you know, going sitting to the, the gym, couch. sitting on the couch, going to school, doing, hanging out. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was different. And I don't know what happened to the culture up here mm-hmm. like, or was there ever a culture up here? I mean, there had to have been. There had to have been. Yeah. But it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. I was, I was unprepared for that, that, that look. Maybe it has something to do with how much time we spend in our homes in the winter. That's true. It's comfy. (laughs) It is is sort of a survival mechanism. Oh yeah. And then going to the store, sometimes I go, you let you out of the house wearing that. Did you forget to get dressed? All right. I always sound snobby. That's horrible. We're not snobs. Well, okay. Can I tell a story? Yeah. Okay. When I had a job, um, one of the jobs I had, I was required to wear a suit every day. Okay. And everybody there yeah. um, who had a professional position had to wear a suit. And yeah. I, it, was the me- it was a medical job. So yeah. all the physicians and yeah. mid-level providers were in suits. Yeah. And it made a huge difference in the culture of the workplace oh, and yeah. people's attitudes toward one another oh. and how we engaged with our patients and our, you know, our staff. So yeah. how you dress and how you prepare yeah. does affect your performance. Absolutely. And your attitude. That's like Providence Academy. We, you know, we, we, the kids are in uniforms. Yes. And when they're in a casual day, you can notice a huge difference yeah. in the way they prepare and study and, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and discipline, right. Um, a lot of the problems we don't have in the, the public schools have, and part of it is that whole, right. If, if we're going to get down on you cause you don't have the right belt, right. boy, you better not, you better not talk back to a teacher. Right. 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 <laughs> so it's, it's kind of good. It's, it's, uh, but, but dress is cool. And also and here we go again, a great thing from the Lord's supper. You, you can't come to the Lord's supper. Unless you're washed, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I have to have my, my sins must have been forgiven and been baptized by, by, in order to come to the table mm-hmm. in, the, in the same way at home, right? I'm not going to, you can't just go play out in the dirt and then, then go, oh, dinner's ready and just run in and grab food and eat. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta, you gotta wash up, mm-hmm. right? You get, get, get clean. Um, the other part, and this is more of a, uh, a, a suggestion. I think it goes really well. I, I think there are times because I've experienced this both as a child and also as an, a, an adult, when we use the time around the dinner table to make sure that our, our, our children are who have been fighting are reconciled. Mm. Let, let me make this big suggestion. I think it makes things way, 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 way better. You don't eat until you're reconciled. Like mm-hmm. do this first. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, this is, you know, Jesus talks about, um, you know, if, if you're going to go present something at the altar and you know, someone has something against you, go reconcile with your brother, then, 
you know, yeah. you do that sacrifice in the same way. You're not supposed to come to the Lord's table. If, if you've, if there's sin, if there's mm-hmm. something going on, you need to go reconcile with your brother or sister. And now you can come to the table. Yes. Let's, let's do that at home. Yes. Like you, you're not going to, I'm not going to feed, you're not going to go to the sit down with us until you two have, have uh, made amends. You've, you've forgiven yes. one another and you're reconciled so that there's no bickering or fighting or tension or all that other stuff in the table. The table should be joyful. Yeah. It's this joyful time to be together, to commune with another, one another in gratitude. And if you're, if you're not reconciled, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. And this is what sets us apart as Christian families, right? Like you can return to fellowship as quickly as you left it. Yeah. And so that has to be something that is ever present in all of our interactions in our homes. Absolutely. But that, that makes one, one, that pattern be reconciled before communion, Mm -hmm. be reconciled so that you can be grateful. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the model of the table Yes, in church. It's the model of the table at home. It should be the model then for the world Mm -hmm. um, that that we're going to. Um, And then the idea of just showing honor and respect. So we, you know, in our more formal occasions, I guess you'd you'd say in in most all, especially when all my kids are home, um, we would be the, the, the guys, them, um, myself and the boys, we would stand and wait till um, the girls and my wife were seated, and then we'd take our seat. Mm-hmm. And if and when we're going to, because um, a lot of times what we do is we go in the kitchen, we grab the food, and then we come back to the dining room table yep. to eat. Um, the girls go first, right? You know the that that goes. Now it what's what's hard is. Um, in in our world, I feel like because I see this at church, I see this at school, I see this even with my own wife. Sometimes, is that uh, a lot of times the women feel like they're the ones that are serving and preparing, and they want to make sure that everyone's taken care of. Mm-hmm. I suffer from this problem. Yes. Yeah. So they they will try to, and so then you, then you have this group of men who are waiting for them to go mm-hmm. get something to eat. And we're starving. They're like, no, 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 you go ahead. No, 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 no. You need to go. Right. So just <laughs> this is like the wave on. Sorry. What's that? This is like the wave on in the, yeah. when you're driving in the Midwest. So that same phenomenon. Come on, just go. <laughs> Somebody go. Yeah. 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 So what we, we try to do at our home is, is that I'm teaching my boys to show respect and honor um, to bo- both my wife who did most of the preparation yeah. and then also to their sister's. Because I want that because and this should this is supposed to to move out of there into the common culture where where men are showing honor and respect to to uh women, women yeah um and and this is this is a thing we teach just like teaching them to open doors and yeah right and teaching our daughters to say thank you when mm-hmm. someone does that rather than what are you doing right I don't need your help. I get that all the time yeah. when I'm, when I'm opening doors, some, I, I, I still, I'll open a door for most women are going to say, thank you. They do. But I still get people go, what are you doing? Like, well, I don't need you to do that. Or, you know, they're yeah. like mad at me. I know I that's so from. sad to me. It's just weird. It's sad. And I just, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, yeah, they're just so discombobulated by the kindness. They don't know what to I know. I know. Anyway, I know. But so, so, so that's all preparation to come to the table ready. They're you know, dressed and washed and reconciled and showing honor and respect. Um, and then, and then it's time for the meal itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's different ways that you can express mood in it. We, um, we have a couple of our kids have that. I don't know what is our pastor has this too. I never heard of it until our pastor talked about it and then we realized, Oh, that's what bothers. <laughs> that's what's bothering our son. It's, it's a real thing. What's it called? I don't know what it's called, but, but I know what you're referencing. But when they, when they hear chewing. Yeah. It, they get angry. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, I asked, so my, my daughter also has it and, and it's like, um, it's, it's, they even get angry when they hear themselves chew. It's That's not just, it's not just other people. It's yeah. just weird. So what we typically do is we have music playing, right? Oh, that's a thoughtful thing to do. We have music. Yeah. We, we play. It's a great idea. And as long as the music is playing, they're fine. 
And, um, and it's, it's just funny. Cause like, you know, our Spotify playlist or whatever will go. And then there'll be this in between song and like my wife and I'll be chewing. And then the, then the song stops. We're like both <laughs> as pause. soon as, as soon as it starts again, <laughs> we're chewing again. Um, but anyways, but music can, can do, you know, the, a normal meal, like everyday meal and stuff. My daughter often puts the playlist and Sometimes it's, you know, 80s music because she knows I like 80 music. Sometimes it's country, Western, old country, not new country, but old country because that's what my wife likes. And sometimes it's her own playlist, but sometimes it's going to be special and we're going to put on different, yeah. different kind of music. Yeah. And, um, but there's, but the music makes, gives an, an atmosphere to the, mm-hmm. to the table. Um, you know, it's not always classical music. It's, or elevator music. It's, yeah. you know, it's good music and it, and it makes the, there's a lightness to it and, mm-hmm. and, and it's good. Um, and speaking of light, you could have lighting, right? Yeah. Candles um, and dimmed lights if you'd like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we don't typically do that, but there've been times when we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, decorations. We mentioned that before mm-hmm. you know, flowers or candles or, or what have you. Yeah. But I think the mood, it, I, I think the, the greatest thing could be that it's joyful. Mm-hmm. Like what I want my kids to do is I want them to long to be together as a family mm-hmm. and eat, mm-hmm. right? So I I had this love-hate relationship with COVID, okay? Yeah, me too. <laughs> there are parts of it I absolutely hated. I hated wearing a mask. I hated, you know, just the, you know, just a lot of things where I was not a big fan of. But... One of the things that was great is I was some of my, a couple of my adult children were stuck at home mm-hmm. and, and we had the most delightful meals. Yeah. We sat and talked for hours every night. Yes. It was just great. And they, and they, my wife one time said, you know, we're you know sorry about this. And they're like going, no, this is like, they loved it. This is the thing I anticipate the most. Mm, that's sweet. Was just sitting a kid because I think all throughout our, their, days growing up eating at the dinner table together was a source of joy. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I hate that word too. All right. It's over. It's a cheap word it's a right cheap now. Word. Yeah. Yeah. It was a delight. Yeah. It was a delight to eat together. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so part of that has to do with our conversation. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me talk about conversation. I'm, I'm going to say, don't use that time to, cause you, you, you only have a short amount of time really to, to have with your kids at a meal. Yeah. I mean, it's relatively short. Don't, don't waste it on chit chat. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when you when your kids come home from school or when they're at some point, you know, you, you have time for chit chat, like, you know, how's your day? What, you know, who'd you see? What, mm-hmm. How's so-and-so or whatever. Right. Those those kinds of those kinds of chatty things are good and they're important. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's all, you know, it's your conversation aren't really going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. and, and and no one's learning anything, no one's enjoying it or delighting in it. Um, so have conversation, like um, talk about ideas, talk about dreams, uh, tell stories, um, express, you know, talk about goals and and things ask your kids questions about those things um informal life lessons that can happen on on the table mm-hmm. use humor right tell funny stories like what ha- what was the funny thing like this is difference between chit chat and and this is is in, in a chit chat you might just be talking about you know whatever who did this thing or whatever and you know she's mad at him and because of this or i don't know but but to be able to say to your kids hey what's the funniest thing that happened today at school mm-hmm. or what's the and they'll all have a story mm-hmm. and they'll tell these funny things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and that can, that can bring in things uh, or, or you as a parent talk about, you know, I got to tell you the stupid thing I did. Right. And mm-hmm. then, and then there's this sense of vulnerability that you're sharing with your kids and you kind of like, I, I failed at this thing and we kind of chuckle about it or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of lean that into, yeah, I think I would do this differently next time. What do you, what would you do? And and all of a sudden, this funny thing that dad did or this failure that dad's talking about that we're kind of being able to laugh about becomes a life lesson. Yeah, instructive. It com- mm-hmm. becomes instructive. And and one, it's a model. Oh, I failed at this thing. Well, rather than having a temper tantrum or 
throwing things or being despondent. What they've learned is that dad fails too. And I just, and I kind of have to learn from it and, and go on. And I say it with a sense of, of humor, mm-hmm. right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I, and I admitted it, that I did something stupid. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. this, this becomes a, a habit for them and like the, the kids absorb it. Like they go, Oh, and oh, remember that time you did that dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Uh-huh. And, and I don't mind. Right. right. I do. I do that same thing in, in class settings. I tell kids all sorts of stories about the stupid things I did or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because I want them to be able to see like, oh, yeah, I do stupid things too. Normalize <laughs> stupidity a little bit. Yeah. Make it like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it okay to be stupid, but, it, it, like, but it, it, every, it happened. We everybody all, does stupid things. Everyone does stupid things. Yeah. So don't worry. But the thing I, tell, I like to tell the most is uh, to the kids and in the younger grades is how I peed my pants in the fifth grade. Right. And because, you know, okay, this is going to sound really horrible, but I I remember, you know, talking with friends from school, from home, you know, from when I was in school and we, you know, we're talking, we're looking at pictures or something like that. And they go, Oh yeah. What was that? Remember that kid? Yeah. He peed his pants in second grade. Like this guy might be a doctor. He might be a (laughs) governor of a state now. I don't know, but we all remember him for the guy that peed his pants in second grade, like horrible, horrible thing. So what I want to do is like, you just go, man. So when that happens, cause it does happen, it happens at our school. It happens so they can go, Oh, at least that wasn't Mr. Young. He peed his pants in fifth grade. Right. (laughs) Right. So uh, now all of a sudden that's not a big deal. Yeah. It makes it okay. It makes. Yeah. Yeah. They'll remember that I peed my pants in fifth grade. (laughs) But you do that. Those kinds of, those are the kinds of things you talk about around the dinner table and and it's, and it's fun and it's light and it's, it's life lessons. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and, and you ask interesting questions. So ask interesting questions to your spouse. Right. So you, you ask these questions, you know, Hey, when you were, you know, when you were a girl, what did you, you know, what did you think of this or how did, and, and, um, and she might ask me questions, you mm-hmm. know, when, when you were, and then, and the kids see us asking questions and, you know, reminiscing and talking about these things and lessons. And then eventually, you know, what happens is your kids start asking you questions, mm-hmm. right? And then when you, when your kids are involved in the conversation and they're the ones that can actually start driving conversation because they're curious and have questions, then it becomes great. Yeah. It's fun. You know, especially then the older they get, the more that they're experiencing, the more that they're reading, the more that they're learning. And, the, and there there's all these connecting points, the more connecting points you have with your kids, the, the better, you know, to describe things, mm-hmm. to be able to say, yeah, this, you know, this thing happened. And it's kind of like this. And you talk about yeah. this illustration in a book or from a Bible story yeah. or something like that. And then they, right. And then they have this fuller understanding and, and yeah. grasp of it. And so part of what you're doing there is you're, sh- you're showing them how, what they're studying and reading actually is part of life. Matters and is formative. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so this season's on education <laughs> and we're talking about food. It's been great. But again, education is this passing down of a culture. It's this enculturation mm-hmm. and this family table is this driver of, of, of culture. Um, w- one of the things that is um, when, when we homeschooled, it was the, the kids, there was no separation between life and school, mm. right? It's, yeah. It's part of, it's part of life. Yes. What, what we did in, science isn't something we just did in science class. So we just kind of put it over there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll still talk about the difference between different, you know, frogs at the dinner table. Right. Cause we learned this interesting yes. thing. And mm-hmm. did you know that these things can kill you and you know, whatever the kids get all excited about mm-hmm. they're, they're talking, you're talking about on the table because they have not been taught that that's just a subject in school that you don't talk about except for in class. Right. So at Providence Academy, I love the school. It's a great school. I highly recommend the school. But one of the, one of the things that's difficult is that, is how do you, how do you make bridge that, that bridge gap. that gap? Yeah. Yeah. And the way to do that is at the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So be, be conscious at the Palatine Institute. We've been doing like a classical reading group. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, you know, our kids are going to be reading these amazing books. It would be great if we as parents 
<laughs> read these books and know what these these are, and we can have great conversations. Yeah, uh, with our kids. But if if we don't, then it's like there's right. Well, why did I read Shakespeare in the first place? Right. I guess that's a class you took in English, right? Or you know, some mm -hmm. subject you took in English, and you you never talk about it again for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. That's not what. That's what not what these plays are about. Yeah. Right. These are. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is um, maybe slightly tangential, but related. I feel like cultivating a culture of curiosity in your home, yeah. which is at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, as adults, if my kids are seeing me curious and reading and then telling them things I'm learning, it creates this reciprocal relationship with them where then they're doing the same thing because they know I have interest in Macbeth, which is what my eighth grader is currently reading. Yeah. He's telling me all about it, yeah. you know? or what they've read in science or what yeah. they've learned in history, you know, because they know that I'm just as curious as they are. And it's like this bridge from yeah. school to home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, and washing your hands before dinner comes another, right. You know, so yeah, I'm going to throw that away. You're totally right. Yeah. Lady Macbeth trying to wash, wash your the, hands. Wash Why your washing your hands? Washing yeah. your yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. it's, it's all related. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's the, the things it is. So asking questions and when kids are starting to ask you questions, it's just, it's wonderful. Um, always take the time to answer kids questions, right. Or that, or, or to guide them into asking better questions. Mm -hmm. Even as if, if, it, if, a, if a person can learn to ask good questions, man, they're, they're going to be set up for, for life. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I'm trying to say is these conversations with this shared meal of, of, you know, joy and delight and goodness. Good, it's, you know, visually and, and, um, taste and smell and, and, uh, you got the music going, so it's delight to the ears. And then, and just having these great conversations, um, you're, you're sharing the goodness of life. Yeah. Right? Goodness of God with so, them. Yeah. And, and it's just, yeah. and you're just, the, you're filled with joy and, and gratitude. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I forgot to mention like, um, in that preparation is to, is to make sure that you pray, right? Mm -hmm. To give thanks to the Lord. On the night that he was betrayed, Lord Jesus took bread after giving thanks, he broke it, right? Mm -hmm. He gave thanks, right? That's why it's often called the Eucharist, which means great Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So make make our meals a a, a, a Thanksgiving. Yeah, a, thankful time. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe not a great Thanksgiving because I want to save that for the Lord's Supper, but... Um, um, modeled after that. Yeah. Mirroring of mirroring of it. Yeah. So, so when we sit down and before you break the bread and, you know, pass the food and eat, um, take time to give thanks to God. Um, I, I, Martin Luther, um, in his catechism, he talks about, he has a prayer of blessing. Like there's a blessing of God and his, and the, for his provision and the food. Mm. And then at the end of the meal, he gives a prayer of thanks for it. Mm. And I kind of like that, That's but I've, sweet, yeah. I've never done that before because yeah, it's just, it hasn't been part of our tradition. But once I read it, I go, ah, it takes some preparation. It might be kind of fun. Yeah, right. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> do it. it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. And then, but then that's, so uh, it's gratitude and Thanksgiving. It's, it's to God. It's a, it's a communion with one another in which you're delighting with your children and your family. Um, and when you can invite other people into it, it's mm -hmm. all, you know, your neighbors or your friends, yep. uh, strangers, um, it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the kids then are being trained to, to love that. Right. So my, my kids are just, you know, when, um, when they found out my son, Zach from New York was flying out for Easter because he had that little time, it's like, everyone's like going, I got to make it. So I had all my kids back except for my one son who's in the military and he's deployed right now. But um, his wife came too. Yeah. And they all sweet. came because they, there's just such a, um, a desire to be together mm -hmm. and uh, to share over a meal. And we just laugh and, and it's just good. It's sharing life. Um, and then cleanup. I, I very much suggest that you make your kids um, help with the cleanup. Mm -hmm. Again, that they're participants in it. They're not, not going to be the main people, but maybe when they're older, mm -hmm. um, I, it's uh, wonderful when you see a, one of your kids washing the dishes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, 
but at least make them clear the table, have them help clear the table. Um, I also think that it's a great time to suggest an activity after, right? You know, Hey, we have um, our, our family will occasionally, cause we have um, our, our kids are so spread out, right? We didn't, and we didn't intend which we, you know, whatever God gives us, we're going to be very Mm -hmm. grateful for. We ended up with five kids. The oldest is 28. The youngest is 14. That's a big spread, right? Mm -hmm. My wife likes to say how um, she was, um, she came home from taking a kid to her, his driving test to, uh, to get home to change a diaper, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a long drive. Yeah. So one of the things that we did was, um, and their interests are so broad and, you know, different ages, we would have family forced fun. That's what we called <laughs> like it. Like family forced fun. At least once a week we did family forced fun. And often it would be like you know, family forced fun after dinner, you know, so we have the dinner and then they have to stick around. We got to clean up and then we're going to play a game together. Yeah. And they, and you, you see the, the younger kids are just like excited as all get out. Yes. The older ones are like rolling their eyes. Like, oh, are you kidding? But I'll tell you what, as soon as we started engaging those games, they were having a great time. A great time. Yeah. And because what we really, really wanted is we want to make sure the older kids and the younger kids were friends, mm-hmm. like that they knew each other well mm-hmm. and they, they delighted in one another and had this. So it's, it's not just around the table, but perhaps even as you go from that to be able to extend the communion even further with, with, with a game or something. Mm-hmm. So forced family fun. And then the other part um, is uh, teaching etiquette, right? The, the, the family dinner is the time when you're teaching etiquette. Etiquette mm-hmm. or, or manners mm-hmm. is, is simply a way to show respect and love to your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? Which is desperately needed in our world. And where they're going to learn it <laughs> is at yeah. the dinner table, mm-hmm. is at home. So that idea of standing. Uh, the guy, the men standing, waiting for the um, the, the, the um, ladies and the mom to, you know, sit and um, those types of things. Uh, how you how you set a table properly, mm-hmm. right? These these things are in- interesting. It's part of it is preparation for adulthood. Yep. And um, you know, I I I guess I have I don't know what what my kids are gonna do. I didn't know. You know, when they're little, what are they going to be, um, you know, Proverbs say, you know, uh, um, standing before kings. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, or are they going to, you know, not. I don't, I don't know. But to, but to prepare them and, you know, to know, okay, this is how you set the table. You know, the knife blade is in and then the spoon mm-hmm. and then there's the fork. And this mm-hmm. fork is the salad fork. And this is the, right, just how that is, how that goes to set it, to be able to use it, to sit. So when you go to a formal meal, um, in the presence of other people, you, you know what you're doing. Yes. It, there's some confidence there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to make the mistake of, you know, walking over there and sitting down and then your, your, your date is standing there, like waiting for their chair to be like, what do you, mm-hmm. right? So you just, you teach these things. And, and as we teach our kids, these things, it, it, it should influence our the greater culture. Yes. And and so you might have noticed in your lifetime mm-hmm. how how much our culture in general has tanked. Yeah. It's just it's not a honoring culture. It's not a beautiful culture. It's not a loving culture. Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of an in your face and I'm going to do what I want to do culture. Yep. And it's not a joyful one. Nope. Yeah, it's a, it's very depressing, and and so uh, to be able to do these things would be um, huge, right? Yeah, and in some ways, it's I mean, you can be depressed about it, or you can think, well, they've torn the walls down, so now we get to rebuild it how we want it to be. Absolutely, you know, it's a time of opportunity. Yeah, and it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, and to the women, I feel like this is one of the things I've I've personally have grown a lot in and still have a long way to go, but just recognizing the value of what I do in my home and how much of it is actually building culture for the next generation, which in some ways I can't think of a more important job. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, And so to remember that what we're doing matters a lot. My, um, 
my uh, one of my favorite experiences at Providence was having um, this gal come from public school who wanted a tour. Um, she was in high school, was a, little, a little too old <laughs> to be able to come in. Yeah. Right, you got to, at a classical Christian school, you got to kind of come in at a younger age, and um, but she toured our school. And the things that she was fascinated about, one is at lunchtime, we all ate together and no one was looking at a phone. They were having, people were having conversations. Mm -hmm. Kids were having conversations with each other and she had not seen that before. Wow. Yeah. At, at her, at her public school, people sit together, but they're all looking at their phone. Mm -hmm. You know, they might text each other or go, Oh, look at this and mm -hmm. show them their phone. But that's the extent of their they don't, they're not having conversation with mm -hmm. each other. Um, and then the second one is she said that you're, they, the faculty is eating with them. You know, they have mm -hmm. their own table, but um, people come up and talk to the teachers. The teachers all know them and they seem to, and this is what she said. It seems that the teachers like the kids, the kids like the teachers. She, she just thought that was strange. Mm -hmm. She thought it was good. And then the third thing really was when we got done, we stand and we sing. We sing four-part harmony a cappella, mm. and it's beautiful. Like these things are just right. So she spent a whole day at school, and the things that she remembered that were striking to her was the meal she shared at the school, mm. right? And I and I think this is um, this just says how how needful it is uh, for for us to do. I as a pastor, I remember walking into I've walked into more than one uh, house. To, to get to know mm -hmm. a family. And um, I, I'd come in and you'd, you'd see that all the furniture is arranged towards the television. The, the dining room table is used to store stuff. Like there's just stacks of things. Yeah. And there's no, there's no table in the kitchen. In other words, you could, I could tell immediately that this family that doesn't eat together. Yeah. They might eat in the same room at the same time. At the same time, but, but they're not fellowshipping over a meal. No. Yeah. No. Or I've I've been invited into to a home where I'm, you know, I have something to eat. And kids aren't even there. They're they're grabbing their plate and they're going to their room, mm -hmm. or or you know, one of the kids is just sitting there watching something on their iPad during the entire meal. Yeah. And they have company. I mean, it just. Right. All this stuff just blew me away. Yeah. But we, we have to, and I, and if, if you just heard this and you're like going, Oh, that's, that's us. Um, stop it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And um, start small, start small, pick like, one meal to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you did this, even if you looked at, okay, let's make it a goal to eat one dinner. Yeah. A week, a week. Yep. And then, and then add to, add to it some of that formality, you mm -hmm. know, in, but it, it could be good. When I was, when I was pastoring and homeschooling, <laughs> I, I, my goal was to eat every meal I could with my family. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my family. And it was wonderful. Yeah, that's It fun. was wonderful. Um, nowadays, you know, we, it's, uh, on weekdays, dinner, we can get together for mm -hmm. dinner. Um, and uh, my wife and I typically eat breakfast together. Um, but but dinner is the big one. And then on weekends, we try to eat as much as we can together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. So again, this sounds really weird for a season on education, but if you remember again, education, the paideia of God is something that is, is the idea of transferring a culture to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to, to transfer a, a God glorifying culture Our what we're trying to say is, is that have our, our our family table, our meal time, reflective of the Lord's table, mm -hmm. and that this this then becomes the the an outgrowth of a of a great culture, mm -hmm. in terms of gratitude, in terms of communion and conversation, and in terms of delight with one another, and and um, and just and I can't stress how important it is to raise grateful children. Mm -hmm. um, that, that one thing, you know, give in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mm -hmm. Right. What's God's will for you? Uh, give him thanks. It's that simple. All right. 